Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bi huda amma ba'd We continue, my dear brothers and sisters, with the chapters of the book that are discussing the virtue of the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And today we take the section which speaks about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's children. And of course, his children include his grandchildren, radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'een. But the Imam, he says, وَسِبْطِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَابْنَيْ خَدِيجَةَ وَفَاطِمَةُ ذَاتُ النَّقَاءِ تَبَحْبَحُ He says, the two sibt of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and we'll explain what that means, the two sibt of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the two sons of Khadija radiallahu anha, and Fatima the one who is purified and beloved. So the Imam here is praising the two sibt of the Prophet ﷺ. Does anyone know who the two sibt of Rasulullah are? Who are the two sibt? Anyone know? They are Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn radiallahu ta'ala anhuma. Because the word sibt in Arabic means grandchildren. But grandchildren from the daughter. The grandchild from the son is called the hafid. Okay? So in Arabic you have both. The grandchild from the son, yani the son's son or the son's daughter, is called a hafid or a hafida. From the daughter's side, it's called a sibt. Because Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn, radiallahu anhuma, they were the sons of Fatima, the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu So that's why they called the sibt of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they are the leaders of the youth of Jannah, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called them, the leaders of the youth. Think of all the youth in Jannah, Al-Hasan and Al-Husayn are the leaders of them. They are the leaders of the youth in paradise. He says, and the two sons of Khadija radiallahu anha, because all of the Prophet sallallahu children were from Khadija. All the Prophet sallallahu children were from his wife Khadija except for Ibrahim, his son Ibrahim. He was from Maria Al-Qubtiya. His son Ibrahim was from Maria Al-Qubtiya. As for the rest of his children, they were all from Khadija radiallahu anha. And the Prophet sallallahu had two sons from Khadija and they all passed away at birth in Mecca. He then says, and Fatima, because she's the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu and the Prophet ﷺ loved her very dearly. That whenever she would approach, he would stand her 
kiss her and sit her beside him. The Prophet wasallam, he used to put Fatima radiallahu anha at a very high position. And he would always get her to sit next to him. He then says, he moves on to the virtues of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha and the great companion Muawiyah. The Imam, the author of this book here, he specifies Aisha and Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Who can tell us why? Why is he specifying Aisha and Muawiyah radiallahu anhum in a book of Aqeedah? Because of the fitna that happened. Ahsant akhi, excellent. Because there are those from the deviants who dislike and curse Aisha radiallahu anha and Muawiyah. May Allah curse them. For this exists. So the Imam here is showing the stance of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah towards these two companions and the beloved ones to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He says, "Wa'aish Ummu al-Mu'minina wa Khaluna Muawiya akrim bihi thummamnahu." He says, "Aisha, the mother of the believers, and our uncle Muawiya." And we'll explain what he means by this. Aisha, the mother of the believers, and our uncle Muawiya radiallahu anhu. How honourable is he indeed? And how great are his many favours. Here, he's specifying Aisha radiallahu anha and Muawiyah. So when he says Aish Ummul Mu'mineen, here in his poem he said Aish and not Aisha. Does anyone know why? Excellent. That was her nickname given to her by who? The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He used to call Aisha Aish. That was her nickname. So the Imam used it here, and she was the most beloved woman to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He did not love anyone from the women from his wives more than her. Radiyallahu taala anha, and her father was Abu Bakr al-Siddiq. And he was the most beloved of the men to the Prophet ﷺ. They asked the Prophet ﷺ, who do you love the most? He said, Aisha. They said, from the men, he said, her father. So, subhanAllah, the most beloved people to Rasulullah ﷺ. And our uncle Muawiyah, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Why did he call him our uncle? Because the Prophet ﷺ was married to his sister. The Prophet ﷺ was married to the sister of Muawiyah. Radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Whose name was Habiba. So we know the wives of the Prophet ﷺ are the mothers of the believers, right? The Prophet's wives, they're our mothers. So their brothers are what? Our uncles. <laughs> That's what he meant by saying Muawiyah radiallahu anhu, our uncle. Because his sister is the mother of the believers. Radiallahu ta'ala 
عنها أم حبيبة He then moves on to the status of the Ansar and the Muhajireen. The supporters from Medina and the Muhajireen of Mecca. He says, وَأَنصَارُهُ وَالْهَاجِرُونَ دِيَارَهُمْ بِنُصْرَتِهِمْ عَنْ كَيَّةِ النَّارِ زُحْزِحُوا He says, and his Ansar and his immigrants. The Prophet's Ansar and his immigrants who forsake their homes. They migrated from their homes. Due to their support of him, Allah saved them and kept them away from hellfire. This is our aqeedah. We believe the Sahaba, all of them are in Jannah. This is what we believe. Because Allah said, Radiallahu anhum wa radu'an. He is pleased with them and they are pleased with him. So this is our belief. And that's the belief of our great imams as he shows in this book. So those who migrated to Medina along with those who assisted them upon their arrival, which are the Ansar, both of them have tremendous virtue. As Allah says, وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ Allah has praised them here. The foremost to embrace Islam of the Muhajirun and the Ansar. And the Muhajirun are the ones that migrated from Mecca to Medina and they left behind their homes, they left behind their wealth, some of them left behind their families to be with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to go aid and support him. That's why they have such a high status. These days a person cannot sacrifice the most smallest of things for Allah. A small desire a small test, he can't sacrifice it for his Lord. Can't get rid of it for his Lord. The Muhajirun gave up everything for Allah and his Messenger. And that's why Allah Azza wa Jal loved them. Because they proved to Allah Azza wa Jal that Allah comes before everything. They proved to Allah Azza wa Jal that Allah comes before everything. The husband of Umm Salama radiyallahu anha, who was Abu Salama. Abu Salama, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, before he passed away, and then the Prophet married his wife, Umm Salama. Abu Salama lived in Mecca, and he wasn't from Mecca. He lived in Mecca, and he wasn't from Mecca. Meaning, he didn't have the support of the tribes. When he came to do hijrah, he had a lot of wealth, he was wealthy. So Quraysh, they got upset and they said to him, you're not from here, you came, you made all this money from us and you want to leave and take the money? They said it's not happening. So Abu Salama radiallahu anhu said to them, are you going to prevent me from hijrah because of this money? Take it. He gave it all for Allah. He could have stayed in Mecca and sat on his money. But no, it was a no-brainer. And many of the companions took that position. They gave up everything for Allah and His Messenger. And that's a huge lesson for us. That part of being a mu'min is that you have to sacrifice for your deen. You have to sacrifice 
your desires. You have to sacrifice your nafs for Allah Azza wa Jal. Many times we get comfortable in the position that we're in and we find it very hard to make small sacrifices. And it's important that we learn the lives of the Sahaba to remind ourselves of how pathetic we really are. That's the honest truth. We complain about the smallest things. And that's people in general today. But you find the great ummah of the past, nothing would stand in their way of pleasing Allah Azza wa Jal and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah praised them many times in the Qur'an. لِلْفُقَرَاءَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ الَّذِينَ أُخْرِجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ يَبْتَغُونَ فَضْلًا مِنَ اللَّهِ وَرِضْوَانًا وَيَنْصُرُونَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولًا أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الصَّادِقُونَ This is enough praise from Allah for them. Allah says, the poor muhajirun, because they left with nothing. The poor immigrants who were expelled from their homes and their property, seeking bounties from Allah and to please Him. What made them leave Mecca? No other reason than to please Allah Azza wa Jal and to be with an Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Seeking bounties from Allah and to please Him and helping, aiding Allah and His Messenger. What does Allah say about them? They are the truthful. For them to be called the truthful by Allah, what an honor and what a praise for them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah speaks about the muhajireen in verses. And the imam says due to their supporting him, Allah saved them and kept them far away from the hellfire. Meaning Allah saved the companions عنهم, from the hellfire due to their companionship of Rasulullah But the companions are the greatest of the ummah after the Prophet And the Shaykh has, the, the imam has gone through their virtues briefly in this poem. After the Sahaba, he moves on to the great Imams from the Tabi'een. And he begins to praise the Tabi'een, our scholars from the early generations. And he says, and after them comes the Tabi'oon who imitated them, meaning the Sahaba, because they were their students. The Tabi'oon who imitated them with their actions in statement and action, so they were successful. Whoever imitates the Sahaba is successful. Whoever follows their actions is successful. That's the path that leads you to success. And the Tabi'een, my brothers, are the students of the Sahaba. Think of the companions, they started teaching. Their students are called the Tabi'een. And they're the great big Imams of this Ummah. And the greatest Imams of the Ummah because they learn directly from the Sahaba. SubhanAllah, what an honor for them. And Allah even speaks about the Tabi'een in the Quran. Believe it or not, Allah speaks about the Tabi'een in the Quran. 
Allah says, and the, those who migrated, and the Ansar, and those who followed them, and those who followed them in goodness. So who followed the Muhajirun and the Ansar? The Tabi'een. Allah says, radiyallahu anhum wa radu'an. All of them. The Muhajirin, the Ansar, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانِ And those who followed them. And that includes everyone who follows their way up until the Day of Judgment, the Shaykh says. It's not only the Tabi'een, everyone who follows the way of the Sahaba is in this verse. Allah is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. So the Tabi'een, my dear brothers, are the greatest of the scholars after the Sahaba. They are the students of the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala, anhum. And Shaykh al-Islam, rahimahullah, he said, from the fundamental principles of the people of the Sunnah and the Jama'ah is that their hearts and tongues are free of any malice and rancor towards the Sahaba of Rasulullah This is the way of Ahlul Sunnah. Their heart and their tongue are always pure regarding the companions of the Prophet wasallam, And they love them all. And the proof for that is the verse in the Qur'an. وَلَا تَجْعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Allah says in the Qur'an, the dua of the believers, do not place any hatred in our hearts towards those who believe. But anyone who finds in their heart hatred towards the mu'mineen, this person is sick. He has a diseased heart. And from the worst of them are the Rafidah, since they hate the greatest of people and Nabi Wasallam's companions and his wives. No doubt this is the ultimate disease and sickness. The Sheikh says, as for the one who criticizes the companions and seeks out their shortcomings and casts doubt in their virtues and deems them to be disbelievers or curses them, then this individual is in opposition to the guidance of Islam. An opposing enemy to the religion of Islam and the enemy to the Messenger wasallam. Whoever criticizes the Sahaba and speaks ill about them, he is an enemy of the deen. Because if he criticizes the companions of Rasulullah then he is criticizing the Rasul for taking these people as companions. Which the Qur'an and the Prophet have praised them. Then the Imam starts mentioning some of the Tabi'een. He starts mentioning some of the great names of our Imams, our great Imams. He says Malik, Al-Thawri, and then their brothers, Abu Amr, and Al-Awza'i, that is the praised of the glorified one upon them. 
So he mentions Malik, and that Malik ibn Anas, rahimahullah, the Imam of Medina. We've all heard of the madhab of Imam Malik, that's him, Malik ibn Anas. And he was nicknamed Imam Darul Hijra, the Imam of Medina, because he was from the greatest scholars, and in his time, there was no greater scholar than him in Medina. For he was the Imam of Medina. Imam Malik, and one of his beautiful words when he was teaching in the masjid of Rasulullah is his famous quote where he said, every person, these were Imam Malik's words, he was sitting, teaching, and he was next to the grave of the Prophet And he said, every person, his opinion can be accepted or rejected except the owner of this grave. That's the only one you cannot debate about his words, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. As for everyone else, his opinion is open for debate. This is what they taught the great imams. They taught us to follow the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So he mentions Malik. And then he says Al-Thawri. And Al-Thawri is Sufyan. Sufyan Al-Thawri, rahimahullah, he was from the scholars of the people of Sham. Big Imam from the Tabi'een. Then after them came Shafi'i, he said. And that's the famous Muhammad ibn Idris. Al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah, also one of the four madhabs. Then he said, An Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Rahimahullah. And then he said, So I love them, for verily you will be delighted. If you love these great Imams, you will be delighted. And that shows that we must have love for the Imams. We don't only love the Sahaba, we love the Tabi'een. We love the Atba'u Tabi'een, the followers of the Tabi'een also. And we love all the believers. The Muslim loves all the believers. He must. This is wala and bara. That he loves all of the believers. And if you notice here, he mentioned Malik and Ahmad and Shafi'i. He didn't mention Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. This does not mean, this does not mean that the Imam does not love Abu Hanifa. Of course he does. But he just summarized some of the scholars in his poem. He did not mention all of the great scholars. He did not even mention his father. Uh, and that's from humbleness. The, the author of this book, Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood, his father is Abu Dawood, the author of Sunan Abi Dawood, one of the greatest books of hadith. But his intention here was not to mention all the greats. He just mentioned some of them. After speaking about the greatness of the companions and the greatness of the tabi'een and the greatness of atba'u tabi'een, he then starts a new chapter talking about the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the decree. And that's a topic of aqidah, no doubt. And it's one that sometimes people find to be confusing 
that's because of their lack of understanding or lack of knowledge. But when you understand the certain basic principles regarding the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal, it becomes very easy, inshaAllah. And that's what we're going to be covering ta'ala in our next lesson. Regarding the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and the Atba'ul Tabi'een, these are what we call three generations, my brothers. Three generations. Those three generations, each generation is a hundred years. The first hundred is the one of Rasulullah and his companions. So the Sahaba are considered to be the first generation. Think of them as the first hundred years. The second hundred is the Tabi'een, who we just spoke about, the students of the Sahaba. They're called the Tabi'een. They're considered to be the second generation. So they're the second hundred years. From, so you consider it year 100 Hijri to year 200 Hijri. Okay? That's the second generation. After them is the third generation. They're called Atba' At-Tabi'een. The followers of the followers. So think of it as the companions. Then they had students. And then the students began to teach and they had students. Those are 300 years. Those 300 years are called the Salaf. All of them. Those 300 years, that's who the Salaf are. So when people follow the Salaf, that's who they're following. The first 300 years of the great Imams of this religion. Okay? Why are they so special? These three generations, what makes them so special? Why should we follow them and not anyone else? Because the Prophet ﷺ himself vouched for them. That's as simple as it can be. The Prophet ﷺ, he said they're the best. In the hadith, he said the best of generations. Khairul qurun qarni said, the best of generations is mine, meaning the companions. <laughs> best of generations is mine. ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ Then those who follow them, tabi'een, then those who follow them, the followers of the tabi'een, atba'u tabi'een. That's three generations. He didn't mention a fourth. The best of generations is mine, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. That's why to be upon Islam correctly, you have to follow the same religion that those three generations were upon. That's why we make a big fuss about this topic. That's how you differentiate between sunnah and bid'ah. That's how you differentiate between truth and falsehood. They were on the truth because the Prophet ﷺ said it. They're the best. So when you follow your religion, you have to have a checklist, criteria, that the religion you're taking, the religion you're following, is coming from those three generations. Otherwise, it's bound to be misguidance. The Prophet ﷺ said, they are the best. So subhanAllah, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, 
from the beginning, even up until today, their knowledge goes back to those three generations. It's not knowledge that is new or introduced from themselves. And that's why, walillahi alhamd, the books of Ahl Sunnah, the knowledge of Ahl Sunnah goes back to them. They are our Imams. Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi'i, Imam al-Bukhari, Imam Muslim, Sufyan al-Thawri, Ibn Uyayna, and so forth. Because the Prophet ﷺ praised them. So we take our knowledge from them. So whenever you learn in your religion, my dear brother or sister, whenever you're taking something in your deen, the first thing that should come to your mind is this knowledge. Is this saying, is this action, is this belief from the same saying, action, belief of them? If it is, take it. If it's not, throw it away. Because they have the guidance. And that's on the tongue of Rasulullah and no one else. For that's your manhaj in following your religion. Always take your deen from those in the past, the early generations, because they had the pure Islam. And that's what you want to follow, the pure Islam. Inshallah, we'll continue with the book in our next lesson, bi-idhnillah. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, 